And just like that, the hammer has officially dropped at the Brisbane Broncos with Anthony Seaboyd this afternoon announcing that he has coached his last game for the struggling NRL club with a press conference set to take place tomorrow morning where the Brisbane Broncos will announce that their assistant coach, Peter Gentle, will take over the coaching job for the rest of the year. This begins a rebuilding process for the Brisbane Broncos, and we're going to discuss that later in the show because there's a lot of teams going through the same rebuilding process and preparing for 2021 with the top eight race effectively being over. Uh, we pretty much know the eight teams that will be in finals in 2020. Welcome to Steve's NRL Footy Tips for Round 16. I'm your host, Stephen Westaway. Thank you guys for listening to me every week. Uh, the show's growing success, and it's all because of you guys. I've personally been struggling with a cold, a serious flu for the past week. Um, but I'm happy to be here on this Tuesday afternoon discussing some NRL with you guys um, as we get closer and closer to the finals uh, of a very disrupted year. Um, I think we'll all be happy uh, when 2020 is behind us, but in the meantime, we've got a lot of rugby league action, a lot of exciting rugby league action to cover. Um, let's recap round 15, and uh, it all started on Thursday night last week when the Parramatta Eels beat the Melbourne Storm 14-0. The Eels... Uh, really impressed me um, and really did better than I expected. Uh, defeating a Storm side that obviously lacked a lot of experience and a lot of players. I did tip the Storm in the upset, but uh, while the Eels didn't play great, they definitely uh, started going in the right direction. Hopefully they can carry some form into the finals. So I was 0 from 1 after Thursday night. In the Friday night games, the Penrith Panthers demolished the Cronulla Sharks without Sean Johnson 38-12. to and the Dragons survived the scare against the Brisbane Broncos, 28-24. I did tip the two favourites, the Panthers and the Dragons, in those two games, which made me two from three for the weekend, heading into my favourite time of the week, Super Saturday, and it was three absolute floggings. The first one was the Raiders, 36-16 against the Tiger, uh, Titans. The Roosters, 38-16, was the second game against the Tigers. And in the 7.30 game, the Rabbitohs were winning 38-0 at half-time before demolishing the Manly Seagulls, going off the job at 56-16, uh, in a match that had serious implication for both sides, we're going to discuss what they were merely season effectively over uh, after getting destroyed by the South City Rabbitohs on Saturday night. I tipped all the favourites in those games as well, which made me 5 from 6 for the week. Um, heading into the Sunday games, and the Warriors survived the scary as the Bulldogs, 20-14 in an entertaining game, and the Knights defeated the Cowboys in a DR affair, 12-0. I did tip the Warriors uh, in the first game. In the second game, I went the Cowboys for an upset. As I said, uh, at this point of the season, we may as well uh, throw, throw some upsets in there each round and see what happens. And the Cowboys weren't too far off, but uh, couldn't get the job done, making my total 6 from 8 for the weekend. Uh, my total score for 2020 was is 83, which is 5.5 a week. So... Not where we want to be, which is a six-a-week average, but it has been a disrupted season. As I've said, hopefully we can get to an average of six before the end of the year, and I'm still zero perfect rounds out of 15 attempts for 2020, so hopefully they can change in the last five rounds. Um, a lot to talk about. The team list have just dropped for round 16, so let's preview all the action this weekend uh, with Steve's NRL footy tips predictions for round 16. And round 16 will kick off with an absolute blockbuster from Bankwest Stadium on Thursday night at 7.50pm. The Parramatta Eels will take on the South City Rabbitohs. And, of course, both these teams, huge wins in round 15. The Eels, they weren't at their best last Thursday night, but they kept the Melbourne Storm side scoreless for the first time since 2014. A very impressive stat, that. And they did what they needed to do. They're really building with confidence which each, uh, with each performance. And it's good to see their playmakers connecting well. Um, I'd still like to see Dylan Brown run the football a little bit more, uh, but uh, overall, very positive signs for the Eels uh, as they head into the finals 
um, and a very important finals campaign for them if they had to break that 34-year drought between premierships. For the South Sydney Rabbitohs, it was a huge game last Saturday. They really needed to show up against Manly and make a statement, and boy, did they. I don't think any of us saw that coming. They were winning 38-0 at halftime before uh, finishing the game 56-16 against Manly, but they just blew Manly off the park. Latrell Mitchell was back to his best. Um, he still doesn't make a lot of meters at fullback, but it was great to see him score a couple of tries. He laid the platform for a few others, um, and he really linked well with the Haas, Adam Reynolds, and Cody Walker. Um, predominantly the Rabbitohs attacked down the left-hand side with Cody Walker, Latrell Mitchell, Dane Gagai, and Alex Johnson. Those combinations are really the uh, groundwork for their attack, but it was good to see Reynolds control the ship well, know when to go to each side. Campbell Graham got some good uh, football out on the uh, right-hand side, and uh, it was good good to see because uh, at times their attack, in my opinion, has been predictable. They haven't really ever struggled to score points, um, but a lot of the opposition know where it's coming from, so... I think they just really uh, shell-shocked Manly early in that game and Manly just couldn't recover, and I think they effectively ended the Manly Seagulls season. We're going to get to that further on, but it's very important for the South Sydney Rabbitohs to back this performance up this week with another good uh, good showing for themselves because they seem to have this knack of uh, winning and most of the time winning easily against the teams that aren't in the top eight, but they haven't really beaten a side above them at all this season. Um so with them in at seventh, uh, they're most likely going to be facing elimination week one. They need to show that they can can compete with these sides, these potential sides that they could be playing because the chances are they could be versing a team like the Sydney Roosters or Canberra Raiders in round one of the finals. So um, a very important game for them. And uh, I think that they definitely have a chance to upset Parramatta in this game. As I said, Parramatta are building to something special in my opinion. Um, their confidence is growing each and every week. They started the year off so high, and then they went for a bit of a lull period. Um, but they're starting to get back to their best football, but they don't want to be playing their absolute best at the moment. As I said, they want to be building to some, a campaign in the finals, um, which can you know produce a premiership. Why I'm worried for the Penrith Panthers. So it's going to be a very interesting game at the moment. Uh, looking on at paper, it just kind of depends which team shows up. The Rabbitohs need to be at their absolute best because, as I said, they've had... Games against uh, top opponents earlier in the year, like games their games against Penrith and Melbourne, where they just haven't shown up and uh, haven't really been an opportunity to win those games. So a very important game this week. I actually am going to tip South Sydney for the upset. Um, and it's no, it's not because I'm a Rabbitohs fan, which I am. Um, I just think that the wave of momentum that they were riding last week, sometimes that's hard to recapture a week later, um, and especially... Five days later, they've only got a five-day backup this week, the South Sydney Rabbitohs. But that improved confidence, especially if the Rabbitohs, they have so many confidence-based players, Latrell Mitchell, Cody Walker, they thrive on uh, on being up for matches. And when they are up for matches and when they're turned on, they're hard to stop. Um, and I think the Rabbitohs can continue riding that wave of momentum that they gained last week in such a flogging of a side. I think they can really challenge, challenge Parramatta. And if they start the game like they ended it last week against Manly, um, which they necessarily didn't end well, but they scored. They still continue to score points. It's going to make a very hard task for the Parramatta Eels because if you look at the Parramatta side, their first 20 minutes, they usually start the game off on a roll uh, when they're winning the majority of their games, and they don't really let opposition score many, if any, points in the opening 20 minutes of matches. So it's very important for the Rabbitohs to start this game well. Um, 
because uh, Parramatta have such a big forward pack, whether it be guys like Campbell Gillard, uh, Junior Paulo, who has he's got such a damaging offload game, and Madison and Sean Lane and Nathan Brown, they're such a damaging forward pack that if the Rabbitohs can get on top of them early and over the top of them early, they can really set a platform where they can cause an upset. And I think I'm going to tip the Rabbitohs by four points in this game, taking nothing away from the Eels. As I said, I think they're building to something special, but they're not quite there yet. So it's going to be a very interesting game, this one. I've got the Rabbitohs by four points. And Friday Night Football kick off at 6pm from the Strata Jubilee Stadium when the Sanctuary Dillora Dragons take on the Gold Coast Titans. And both of these sides uh, have had mixed 2020 campaigns. The Dragons managed to uh, build on a fantastic victory against the Parramatta Eels a fortnight ago uh, with a scrappy and an ugly win against the Brisbane Broncos in a game that wasn't the most exciting to watch. Uh, it was a very error-filled game and the Dragons are going to have to be a lot better if they're going to take on... At the moment, the best team in Queensland, uh, the Gold Coast Titans. For the Titans, it seems like it's one step forward, two steps back this season. Justin Holbrook uh, has added some discipline, some much-needed discipline to the club over the course of the year. But sometimes they show up and compete, and they're really competitive in matches. And other times, they just get wiped out uh, against sides like the Canberra Raiders, who really uh, put, uh, put their feet on the Gold Coast Titans' throat last weekend. And... For the Titans, I mean, it's it. as I said, you don't know what side you're going to get each week. They do have Ash Taylor back this weekend after he missed last week's game. Tanner Boyd, I think, did a pretty good job in the halves. But you've really got to be looking at him and Fogarty to really control the game. Uh, Alexander Brimson has added another layer to their attack. Um, but as I said, they're just waiting for 2021. Um, they're getting David Fafita. They're getting a couple of big recruits like Big Tino from the Melbourne Storm. Um, so we'll just see what they produce for the rest of the season. The Dragons, they're up to 10 from the ladder. They're only, well, they're, they're six points, I believe, out of the top eight. But uh, actually, they're only four because the Cronulla Sharks did lose last weekend. So they're four points out of the eight. Um, but their season basically is effectively over as well. So this game, who knows what it's going to serve up. The Dragons have been so inconsistent where... Usually I'd say, ah, oh, the Dragons should win this one easily, but you just don't know what Dragon side you're going to get. I mean, the shining light of their season has obviously been Zach Lomax and the uh, and his form and Ben Hunt's form in the hooker position. Um, but as I said, they're just waiting for, for 2020 to really be over as well. Dean Young is 100% in his coaching record, but I feel like you just they go through periods of the game where they can be on top, and then they can really drop off for 20 to 30 minutes and just let their opponent back into the game, which I think what, is what they did against the Brisbane Broncos. They were winning 12-0 after six minutes before, I don't know where they went, because they just completely cocked off, let the Broncos back in their game, and almost lost that game of football. So um, very concerning for the Dragons. They really need to fix that. Um, for the rest of the year and for 2021. Um, but as I said, who knows in this game? It's It should be an entertaining game. I think there's going to be a lot of errors, but it will be entertaining in the fact that it's close. I don't think any team will really dominate it. I'll go the Dragons. Um, I'll go them by two points, but with no real confidence. I think it will be an entertaining game, but really it means nothing in the course of the season unless the Dragons can be absolute perfect from here on out and really make a run for the finals. So... Not too much to say on this one. I've got the Dragons by two points. Um, moving on. If you guys haven't listened to the podcast in 2020 at all, you know that this game is an exciting time to be listening to my podcast because it is a Brisbane Broncos game, and it is the game that takes place at 7.55 uh, from the Sydney Cricket Ground on Friday night, the Sydney Roosters versus the Brisbane Broncos. Uh, 
the Roosters, they're back to their best last week uh, in that game against the Tigers. They really uh, made a statement and pro- proved that they're going to be a real premiership threat in 2020. They still had uh, a lot of guys out, but the inclusion of guys like uh, Hargraves and Josh Morris and Brett Morris, they looked very impressive. Both the Morrises scoring a double for the first time in their career and their boosted by return of Boy Cordner and... Uh, and someone else, who else is back? Boy Cordner and Daniel Tupo from a serious injury this week as well. So uh, they, they're slowly getting back to full strength. They've still got Sonny Bill Williams waiting out there, and they're really going to make a charge for this premiership. They're currently hanging on to fourth, so they don't want to lose a game. They've got a lot of big games after the next couple of weeks uh, coming, in, coming up. So um, I think they're going to easily take care of the Broncos. But let's move on to the Brisbane Broncos. The big news out of the club, they have finally sacked Anthony Seaboyd. There's been a lot of drama this year around the Broncos, and uh, I mean, finally, there's going to be some change. The next step is getting rid of Paul White, um, who, you know, I've got nothing personally against, uh, but the way the organization has been running to the absolute ground, they need to get rid of him as soon as possible, and I'm quite happy, um, and I will be quite happy to see Ben Iken take over as their club CEO. So, uh, what's next for the Broncos? Obviously, Paul Gentle will be coaching them, uh, sorry, Peter Gentle will be coaching them, their assistant coach, for the rest of the season, as I mentioned at the start of this podcast. Um, but really, I mean, this game, this game is going to be a bloodbath. Let's, let's call it what it is. I don't see the Broncos having any chance against the Roosters. The last time these two teams versed, it was 59-0, uh, to the Roosters. Um, so I think for them, it's just about, you know, showing up and competing every week. They're usually in games at halftime before the wheels fall off and, um, and they go missing, but they were actually in that game and had a much improved performance against the Dragons last week. Um, so if they can start this game early, they might be able to put a few points on the board. But really, this Rooster side is so professional. And there's a reason they've won two premierships in a row. They're not at full strength still. Um, they should easily have enough to to go against this Brisbane Broncos side. For 2021, the Broncos, obviously, they're going to be on the lookout for a new coach. Kevin Walters has been uh, very much uh, you know, talked about in replacing Anthony Seaboyd to the point where there's some talk that he's even communicated with some of their players. Um, I believe that Paul Green's also in contention for the job. Um, I think Kevin Walters would be a great pick. He's been looking for an NRL coach, coach to club uh, for a while now. And the Broncos, obviously, he is a Broncos legend. He's a Broncos Hall of Famer, I believe, as well. Um, and he's done really good work with Queensland. They haven't necessarily won too many series under his tutelage, but uh, they were following one. Of, he, he he was the man that was in charge of Queensland following the greatest run in state of origin history. So um, I think he's done a really good jo- job developing some of those players, including guys like Cameron Munster, to the state of origin arena. And I think he's a coach that they can re- rebuild their club on because the Broncos were known as a family club where the legends love to get involved. That obviously all stopped five to six years ago. Um, but I think he's the man to make Brisbane great again. And um, look, I, I barely ranted about the Broncos in this game, but I'm not um, because I'm actually positive about their future past 2020. But let's be honest, the rest of this year is just a run-off. The Roosters will win this one by 50, um, in my opinion. And the, I don't even know if the Broncos are getting the board. Hopefully they do because it'll be good for their confidence if they can score some points against the Roosters um, and make this a little bit of an entertaining game, but the Roosters should be far too strong for the Brisbane Broncos. So the Roosters by 50 in this game. Moving on to my favourite time of the week, Super Saturday, and it all kicks off at 3pm from uh, Scully Park when the New Zealand Warriors take on the Newcastle Knights. Both of these teams coming off victories in round 15. They weren't easy for both sides. The Warriors surviving against the Canterbury Bulldogs, a very impressive performance 
by their young half, uh, Paul Turner, who came into the side because uh, Chanel Tavita-Harris uh, was a late scratching. He's back this week for them after, um, you know, coming back from a niggling injury. Newcastle, on the other hand, they beat the Cowboys 12-0, but what was very concerning was their, uh, their lack um, and their inability to score points in that game. They really struggled um, to crack the Cowboys line, and they suffered a huge injury to Blake Green, their new recruit, who will be out for the rest of of season 2020, so a huge loss uh, in the Newcastle Knights finals campaign. They bring in Mason Lino, who's a very good handy backup. He is a former New Zealand Warrior, in fact, um, and I think he will add a, a lot to their attack. Um, if I remember him at the Warriors, he was very uh, electric, and he could really uh, he knew how to find the holes in opposition's defences, so we'll see how he goes um, coming in. Uh, for Blake Green and how he will combine with Ponga and Mitchell Pearce. Um, but it's a very important game for the Knights to really establish that they can get back to their best football. They can score a lot of points. The Warriors aren't known for their defense, so to speak. So they shouldn't have as much problems this week um, in scoring points. Um, but we'll see how they go because the Warriors have been in surprisingly good form. They weren't at their best last week against the Bulldogs, but they got another victory up. Um, really, they're only four points out of the top eight as well. Um, their four and against is pretty bad, but the Warriors can go on a little bit of a run. They can really upset some teams on their way to the end of season 2020 for them, which obviously has been a very complicated uh, season for them with COVID and everything that's going on. Um, but this game should be a very entertaining game. I mean, as I said, I with Newcastle, I'm not really convinced on them. I don't think they can beat any of the teams that are above them. I don't see them beating the Raiders. I definitely don't see them beating teams like the Roosters and the Storm when they're full strength. And I don't think that would cause a dent at the moment if they were to play Parramatta or the Penrith Panthers. Um, but it's a very important game to build confidence. I, I think the Knights are about the same level as the Rabbitohs, where they beat the teams that they're expected to beat. But I don't know if they're necessarily going to be there where uh, when the pressure uh, gets to them. I don't think they're going to lift and rise to the occasion. The The difference between those two clubs, the Rabbitohs had their best performance um, of the year last weekend, where Newcastle, in my opinion, had one of their worst. So it's very important for the Knights to back it up this weekend. They should be getting over the top of the uh, the Warriors. Uh, I, I think it's going to be a good battle with the forward pack. Clemmer and Jacob Saifidi and Lachlan for Gixgiven and Mitchell Barnett, who's been in great form, versus guys like Toe Harris and Jazz Tavenga. Um, who are tackling and, and running machines. You always know what you're going to get. They're going to give 100% every game. So it should be a good battle up front. But I just think the Knights should have a little bit too much class for this Warriors side, who will fight valiantly. But I've got Newcastle by 10 in this game uh, to kick off Super Saturday. And it's the 5.30 game on Super Saturday that shapes up to be a very interesting contest when the Cronulla Sharks take on the North Queensland Cowboys from the Strata Jubilee Stadium. And both of these teams not playing their best football at the moment. The Sharks were absolutely steamrolled against the Penrith Panthers in that 6 o'clock game on Friday night last weekend. They welcome back Sean Johnson and it's a much needed uh, result for them because they look lost without him last weekend. It just shows you this season, he's really playing with a lot of form. He's leading the NRO in try assists, and he really adds a, another dimension, dimension to their attack. Um, so it just shows you he's very important to that club. So a very big in this week for them. They also welcome the return of Britton Nakura, who pushes Talakai, who's been in good form, back to the bench. Um, so it adds a little bit more firepower for them. Um but the same to be said about the North Queensland Cowboys. Obviously, they lost Jason Tamalolo on Sunday to a very serious injury, we think. Um, that could sideline him out for the rest of the regular season. Um, but they do get 
Valentine Holmes finally back into side for the first time in about five to ten weeks. He's going to take uh, the hammer spot on the wing, and they're going to get the the young kid Darjan Arcee back um, this week in the five eight position. He's more of a natural five eight than Ben Hampton, who did a decent job, and he does a decent job wherever he plays. But he's a more natural five eight. He could be a key in solving their attacking problem because they scored thirty points against the Rabbitohs a fortnight ago, but didn't even look like cracking the Newcastle line last weekend. Um, so it's going to be very interesting, that combination between Drinkwater, Arcee, Morgan, and uh, their new hooker in Cotter, because I believe um, that I believe that Robson's out injured, um, and Granville's on the bench for him. So we'll see how they get that combination um, together, because they all haven't really played together this season, and uh, we'll see if they can get some ball out there to Valentine Holmes, because on his day, he's the, the most explosive winger in the competition before he left to the NFL, he was anyway. So... Um, we'll see if he can remain injury fit, hopefully Ken Holmes, and we'll see if that can add um, anything more to their attack, because they're one of these teams that are going through a rebuilding stage at the moment, Paul Gregan obviously has gone, and they're on the lookout for a new coach, Josh Henne is doing a decent job at the moment, but I don't believe he has an, a win yet in the NRL, um, so a real rebuilding phase for him, Cronulla, they're going to want to cement that they belong in the top eight, they're down to eighth at the moment, if they lose this game to the Cowboys, it could be... Uh, very, very damaging for their campaign in 2020 because there'll be teams that will only be two points behind them on the ladder. So, huge game for the Sharks. Um, they don't want a team off the Dragons or the Warriors or mainly go on a, on a late-season run and potentially push them out of it. So, a very important game. They have to win this week. I think they will. Um, even though the Cowboys, as I said, they've made positive changes, in my opinion, um, to their attacking structures just based on the guys that are playing in the positions this week. I feel like the Sharks, too much fire PR. Johnson's going to put in an absolute clinic this week, in my opinion. And I think the Sharks are going to win this game by about 18. Um, even though the Cowboys, they're not an easy team to crack, which they proved to Newcastle last weekend. The final game of Super Saturday takes place at 7.35pm from Penrith Stadium when the Penrith Panthers take on the West Tigers. And let's be honest, this game could be an absolute bloodbath. Let's talk about what I've seen for the Tigers in 2020 because I think there's a bit of a rant coming on right now. They were absolutely uh, pathetic last weekend against the Roosters in the first half. They were down 20 mil. It was a terrible performance. Um, they really should take a long, hard look at themselves because when you look at the Tigers and their history in the NRL, since winning the Premiership in 2005, they've made the finals twice in 2010 and 2011. So this is going to be their 10th consecutive or their 9th consecutive season where they have not made the playoffs. Um, and really, it's just not good enough um, for all those fans of the Tigers because the Western Suburbs and the Biamang Tigers have such a rich, rich history, but it just seems to me um, like they need to wake up to themselves. I don't know if the, if the board... I don't think it's the board's coach uh, fault. I don't think it's the coach's fault. I don't think it really matters who's the coach at the Tigers, to be honest. There just seems to be a mindset where they'll settle and they'll be perfectly fine with mediocrity. They came out in the second half last weekend, last weekend against the Roosters with a much better improvement for about 10 minutes, and then they dropped off and went away again for the rest of the game. It is not good enough, Tigers, um, to be like this. They're going to be ninth for the rest of the time, or 10th for the rest of the time, if they don't improve and don't do the simple things right. So many unforced errors the last couple of weeks. That game against Newcastle three weeks ago, it was terrible. Last week against the Bulldogs, not a good performance. They had the Bulldogs straight back in that game when they had it under control. They seem to be awake one minute and down the next, and it really just seems to be that they're passing the ball around looking for individual brilliance to get them out of the hole. Like They, they expect David Northaluma to solve all their problems, and he's a great player, 
but he's not going to do that by himself. And it all starts with the foundations, with their forward making the simple, you know, hit ups and completing their sets and just the simple things right. And this week against Penrith, um, who let's be honest, Penrith are running on a tidal wave of momentum at the moment. They're playing absolutely outstanding. They're going to be minor premiers. They're going to have a real shot in the finals. They're playing their best football at the moment. So the Tigers need to be very dangerous, uh, very careful, because this game is very dangerous to them. It could get out of control fast, and the Panthers could win this one by 40 points plus if the Tigers play like they did in that first half last weekend against the Roosters. So... For the Panthers, um, as I said, there's not much to say in terms of negative. They are missing Kikia and Corusia this week. Kikia has been suspended, and Corusia does have a minor injury. Um, but overall, I mean, they are they are a side that's playing so well that I, I only worry for when they get to the finals because they don't drop a game before the finals. They're going to be having to win about 16 or 17 in a row to win the premiership, which is very much possible the way they're playing, but I don't think... A loss would necessarily hurt them, and I think it would give their players a little bit of a, a wake-up call and uh, really show what's important. I'm sure they, they're looking you know, to the future right now, um, even though they're playing so well each and every week. But they just need to keep going along and make sure they're not playing their best football now because there's a, still a, a huge postseason to come up. And uh, I forgot to mention as well for the Tigers, Harry Grant's back this week. We'll see what kind of difference that makes. But as I said, it's been an absolutely pathetic performance for several years now for the Tigers and they've got to dig themselves out of this hole they've got to be competitive with the good sides and it's a real test this weekend because they are versing the benchmark but we'll see what Tigers we get we'll see if the Tigers we get the Tigers side that's going to be competitive like they were for the first half an hour when these teams versed earlier this season or we're going to get a Tigers team that gets blown off the park um, and can't respond and the Panthers they score their most points in the first 20 minutes and they don't let really any team score any points in the first 20 minutes. So this could be a, a murder very early. Um, so it's important for the Tigers to stay with them. But as I said, I think the, the Panthers have just got too much class at the moment. Nathan Cleary is on a different level to the rest of the halfbacks in the NRL at the moment. Um, he's absolutely outstanding. Jerome Luai playing some fantastic football. Dylan Edwards is supporting well at the back for him, and their full pack has been damaging all year. Liam Martin, an absolutely outstanding performance last week. So I've got the Panthers in this game by 30. I don't see the Tigers really denting this Penrith side. I think they're too strong. I think they're getting ready for bigger battles, but I don't think they're going to take the Tigers lightly. Ivan Cleary has them conditioned to basically be treating every game like a grand final at the moment. It's great to see. Um, let's just hope they can ride that momentum to the finals. All right, moving on. I just got shocked because I looked at the time for this game. It's going to start at 4.05 p.m. when the Melbourne Storm take on the Manly Seagulls at Sunshine Coast Stadium for the first game of Sunday afternoon football. And I guess they've gone back to the 4 and 6.30 games this week. So don't forget if you're watching NRL, don't tune in at 2. Tune in at 4 for the first game this week. But the Storm... Looking at their side this week, wow, it's impressive. They've got a lot of uh, they got a lot of stars back. Cameron Munster, Cameron Smith, Jesse Bromwich, uh, all these guys back this week for him. Um, and Jerome Hughes, their electric half this season, also back. So huge uh, ins all for Melbourne, and they're versing a side that well, manly. Let's talk about it. Last Saturday night, absolutely demolished by the South Sydney Rabbitohs. It was thirty-eight nil at halftime. They got shell-shocked. They didn't know what to do. The Rabbitohs just ran all over them. And I think at one point, it was nil all to the Rabbitohs. And then it was 20 nil before Manly touched the ball next. So it was chaotic scenes. I don't know what was going on there at Manly. Their defense just folded against the Rabbitohs. And uh, Cherry Evans called it a huge game before it. And then he was very disappointed 
when they reacted because their season was basically on the line. They're due to get Tommy Turbo back next week, but I'm afraid next week will be too late for Manly. They're versing a Storm team that has so much experience back on board this week. They get kept, kept to nil for the first time last week uh, since 2014. Obviously, they weren't at their best, and it was a very um, unimpressive performance. They're going to be back to their best this week. Mark my words, Craig Bellamy doesn't tolerate losing, and it's very rare that a Melbourne Storm side loses two games in a row. Um, so the the Seagulls going to be at their absolute have to be at their absolute best if they're going to compete. And nothing that I saw last week suggests that they will be at their absolute best. They do get Thompson back this week, so he's a boost for their forward pack. Uh, and Fuda, who in my opinion was terrible last week, he almost single handedly ruled out any chance of a comeback for Manly and just kept the pressure back on them repeatedly last week. He's gone back to fullback. Um, Ruben Carrick's in. Uh, in, on the wing, and Jack Kuweski's out in the centres, so I just don't see Manly being competitive, their season's over 2020, I'm not going to get in a big rant against me about Manly, but they were pathetic last weekend, unforced errors, um, especially compared to Seattle, who were basically perfect, their halves failed to take control, um, and really, it's uh, there's only one way you can go, and that's an improvement from last week's performance, but you're versing such a professional and clinical side in the Melbourne Storm with all their players back almost at full strength again. I can see this one being a bloodbath yet again. And I think uh, Melbourne will win this game by 30-plus, in my opinion. And I know they're arch rivals, and I know Mealy like to step up when they're playing the Storm. But I just don't see it happening this time. I think Mealy are looking to next year um, already. And if they do lose this week, I even question... If they bring Tommy Trojevic back in round 17, I think they really need to be cautious uh, with Tom um, because if their season's done and he's not 100% fit when they're bringing him back, they don't want him to re-injure his hamstring again because that would be an absolute disaster for a player that's so electrifying and he's definitely one of the best fullbacks in the game when he's fit. Um, but if he gets hurt and misses you know, the start of next season, it would be an absolute disaster for Manly. So if they... They need to step up this week. We all know they need an improved performance, but if they don't win this week, I'd just be holding Tom back a little bit if I was you guys, um, the Mealy Seagulls. So Melbourne by 30-plus in this game, in my opinion. The final game of Round 16 will take place at 6.30 p.m. from GIO Stadium um, in Canberra, when the Canberra Raiders host the Canterbury Bulldogs. And this game, in my opinion, just shows yet again the divide in the competition. Uh, there's been so many games that I've done during these predictions this week where I said it could be a bloodbath, this could be another one. The Raiders are really getting back to their best football. It's good to see. Um, Corey, uh, Corey Wahir is out this week, but I don't think that's going to make too much of a difference. I mean, Bateman and George Williams' combination has been really good. Jack Whiten, absolutely outstanding performance last weekend, and if he's going to get back to his best form, um, in 2020, like he was in the last couple of seasons, especially 2019, he's going to be very dangerous, um, and it's going to be really worrying other sides in the top eight and in the battle for that top four position, um, obviously, as well. So, Canberra, I think they're just going to, you know, they're just building with every victory. I think they're going to make it very tough for this Bulldog side, who have still only won two games in 2020. They're getting close to a third win. They almost get a, got against the Warriors last weekend before really folding and lend the Warriors back in that game, so it was very disappointing to see. Um, and I think, as I said, they're another team. It's They're in a rebuilding process. They're getting Trent Barrett there next year. I think it's all about just getting through the remaining of their games um, and, and seeing what happens for the rest of the year. They do get Dylan Napper back this year, but I think 
they're definitely going to want to win a game before the end of the season to put the Brisbane Broncos potentially down to last place. Um, but at the moment, I just I don't see it happening this week because the Raiders, as I said, they're improving every week. They're getting back to that green final form, and I think they could be a real contender and a real dark horse in the finals campaign this year. So um, I've got the Raiders in this game by at least 20. Um, I think the Bulldogs, they don't fold that easily in the fence. I think they can stay with them. They might have a chance to score some points in this game if they stay with the Raiders early. But the Raiders, too strong, too powerful, and they're building to a huge game next weekend against the Roosters, which could potentially decide the top four. So the Raiders by 20 at least in this one. All right, that is it. That is my tips for round 16 of the NRL Telstra Premiership. Let's recap my tips right now. It all starts on Thursday night. I've got the Rabbitohs upsetting the Parramatta Eels in the Friday game. So we've got the Dragons just against the Titans. I've got the Roosters being way too strong for the Broncos. The Warriors um, not being good enough. We've got Newcastle on Saturday. I've got the Cronulla Sharks beating the Cowboys. I've got the Panthers destroying the Tigers. I've got Melbourne beating Manly, and I've got the Raiders beating the Bulldogs. As I said, there's such a divide in the competition at the moment um, that we're going to see some floggings at this time of the year. We're going to see some teams really starting to rebuild for 2021 and some other teams really prepping themselves and getting ready for the finals. Sorry, my voice is going. As I said, I've had a flu all week, so going to wrap this podcast up. But uh, before I do that, let's go to Steve's bets of the week. And just looking at the tab right now, I've only tipped one upset this week, and that's the Rabbitohs on the Thursday night. Um, But I think there is some value if you want to go margins. And uh, I think... If we go the Rabbitohs, we're going to leave the Rabbitohs out because they are paying 275 I think they're good value. But, as I said, I think it's going to be close and obviously Parramatta are good enough to get the job done. So that's an upset. But I reckon if we go the Dragons 1-12 against the Titans, um, that is paying $3. So we're going to put that in there. We're going to also put it with, as I said, there's going to be a lot of floggings this week. So let's put the easy money in. We'll put the Roosters 13 plus. It's paying $1.22 against the Broncos. The Sharks, um, one to twelve against the the uh, the Cowboys. We'll put them in, even though it could go each way. I think one to twelve is a decent safe bet. And the Panthers, thirteen plus against the Tigers, put them in too. So, <coughs> excuse me, Panthers thirteen plus. So the Dragons one to twelve, the Roosters thirteen plus, Cronulla one to twelve, and Penrith thirteen plus, paying nineteen dollars. We'll put. 10 on that to give us 190 if that gets up. That's a four-game multi. It's pretty dangerous. But I think with the rest of the 40, you can just put it on... Just put it on Melbourne 13-plus against the, the Manly Seagulls. I don't think they're, they're going to be competitive. And it's $1.95, so you can pretty much double your money if you go to the Melbourne Storm 13-plus. I know it's a rivalry, but I think the Storm are just going to be too strong for Manly. Anyway, thank you guys for listening to the podcast. As always, I'll see you guys next week. Um... But enjoy your football this weekend. Let's hope we can get a perfect round. Please remember, if you haven't, like Steve's NRL Footy Tips on Facebook. And I'll see you guys next week for Round 17 of Steve's NRL Footy Tips. See you then, guys. Have a great weekend. Have a beer. Enjoy a punt. And enjoy the football.